the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. One of the things that I like to throw out there on occasion is a little strategy, just a constant reminder. It helps. You know, whether you're a boxer, whether you're an investor, whether you play soccer, whether you're a dad, you know, sometimes the spouse needs to tell you, like, hey, your kid needs you. Or in boxing, like, hey, go give it one more good round. In investing, you probably need to hear again and again and again and again things along the lines of start investing early in your career. The magic of compound interest magnifies the importance of your early investments. I say that on a regular basis. Money doubles every 7.2 years in history. So it compounds. Your money makes little baby money. You have to work with that. That's why you have to get money involved in the stock market sooner rather than later. Um, And I want to keep reminding you on that. I want to keep punching you up on it a little bit. Uh, In large part, I think it helps. So when there's a down market, a down month, you can look back and tell yourself, hey, in 7.2 years, this should double according to Rob Black. Hopefully sooner. It won't always happen that way, but hopefully. So, um, with that being said, you know, go with it, work with it. Uh, Work with me on this one. Might as well get to the news the market cares about the most right now. The market's all about oil right now. But another lesson I want to throw out there for you is that what the market's concerned about now won't be what the market's concerned about in the next year. So don't get obsessed with it. Maybe, okay, maybe two years from now it will. 
But in the long run, not so much. So oil dips, market dips right now. And that's the story. Try to maintain some sort of portfolio portfolio that you're comfortable with. You know, I'll throw that out again and again and again. And a lot of people just don't feel comfortable with that. It's stupid strategies like that that help. But you have to get constant reminders of this. So have a portfolio that feel you feel good with. You know, don't get greedy. And when I tell you that and the market get, shoots up 20%, you're like, I should have been greedy. Don't. And don't get fearful. And when the market's 20% down, don't go, Rob should have told me to sell. Just play the game. Look how it works over time. Look at a chart and breathe. 800, 516, 1220. Like, one of the things that I'm most concerned about is the millennials. Because down the road, the way they handle money currently affects the stock market as far as affecting the economy. If they don't want a room full of groceries, maybe you don't want to own Safeway. Maybe you want to own something more organic-oriented. Down the road, I'm going to be worried about how do they invest. Where do they put their money? Because they're going to change the stock market much like they've changed retail. Uh, My generation, I kind of want to say I'm a Generation Xer. I am. I'm an old Generation Xer. Nowhere near a baby boomer. Nowhere near what I would refer to as a flamer. A fun-loving American made of a righteous soul, which was kind of in between the baby boomers and Generation Xers. Um, definitely not that. So, I, I'm not a yuppie. You know, yuppie was a little bit before my time. Um, but the stock market's starting to reflect the priorities of different generations. And when you hear younger people under 35 say phrases like, I'm not saving up to buy anything. I talked to a woman this weekend because I did a, a little work event, and she's got four kids. And, you know, I, I talked a little bit about millennials and how they're spending and they're going to New York, and they're, they're spending to live. They're working to live. Um... It rang true, and she said, all four of my kids are exactly what she said. I'm not saving up to buy anything. I prefer to go out for a uh, dinner at a nice place, pay around at the pub, explore a new part of the world. I feel like I would be losing out on living if I chose to own stuff. They don't want to own apartments. They don't want to own cars. Um, Stock market is owning businesses. So the millennials, they're still throwing out money, right? Millennials technically are people born between 1980 and 2000. Leisure and travel-related stocks, pubs, airlines, pizza restaurants, they've actually been investments that you could say millennials are doing. That's trumping retailers since consumer confidence picked up following the financial crisis. Millennials are living their lives. Millennials believe that experience helps shape their identity and create memories to a greater degree than for older generations. 
you'll want to look at companies focused on you know live sporting events, festivals, online gaming, the sharing economy, travel, even music streaming. All of these are experiences that millennials share with their friends. There was a recent survey that I read uh, from Eventbrite, which is they do online tickets. It showed 78% of millennials would rather pay for an experience than material goods. I was at a movie theater recently, and you can go to a movie theater on like March 13th and see Imagine Dragons for 14 bucks a ticket. Like, they didn't really do that in my life, did they? Where bands would distribute a movie for a one-time experience through a movie theater. Great sound, great great screen kind of thing. Almost like you're there. Yeah, they did that with DVDs, but not with movie theaters. But the movie theater gets you, like, dancing and hanging out with someone else. The DVD doesn't. So 78% of millennials would rather pay for an experience than material goods. That compares to 59% for baby boomers. 82% of millennials said they went to a live event in the past year, whether it be a concert or a festival. And 72% of them want to increase spending on such outings. So when I talk about millennials, you have to see that there are investments tied towards it. There's airlines like low-cost airlines like Ryanair and EasyJet. Their stocks have soared sevenfold since the crisis era low. Ski operator Vail Resorts is up more than 700% since the U.S. market bottom because it's an experience. Airbnb's valuation has soared more so than Macy's and Best Buy combined. People don't want to own stuff like they used to. I'm not saying I'm the most important financial show out there, but I think I'm the one who's trying to lead us with a carrot in the right direction. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking money, excuse me, investing and more. Don't be shy. I think that's the worst thing that you can do as an investor. Again, I like to set up some structure and some rules that I go back to. Again, consider me your coach in a boxing match. You know, one of the very first ones is to say, start investing early. Money doubles every 7.2 years. Get in there. Buy when the market's down. Rock. It's going to be okay. Or it's not, but you'll have more assets than other people. Um, one of the things that I do that's slightly tragic is I look at my friends and my family's finances. I hate doing it. 
Because when you do, you have an obligation to tell them how are they doing. Whether it be a neighbor, whether it be a family member, whether it be a distant cousin. Which I don't have that very many of. But when you do, you have that obligation to tell people how are they doing. And it stinks. So my job is to continue to push people to do more earlier. So when they do talk to me, I can say, good job. Whether it's, you know, money doubles every 7.2 years or, you know, have a nice diversified portfolio or if you're freaked out about the market, you don't have to be in all stocks. You can cut your exposure to stocks. You don't have to be 100%. You don't have to be 90%. You don't have to be 80%. You don't have to be 70%. You can own some bonds, some short-term bonds or some cash or some treasuries. If you're afraid of, quote-unquote, losing value, I think you're stupid. But... Your emotions trump my opinion. I'd rather you be saving than not. Even if you're going to be a, oh no, the sky is falling. Um, I'm kind of with Warren Buffett on the concept of buy and hold stocks until you retire. Maybe until you die. Sometimes I think excessive trading just, it turns you into something you're not. I had dinner with a friend last night that he's all about, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And I'm looking for lifetime opportunities. Like, Twitter's fallen to a point. Like, I'm not going to say it's a once in a lifetime. We had a once in a lifetime. It's not that. But what it is is pretty intriguing as far as valuation goes if you believe the company's going to be around. I use Twitter. I'm not religious about it. I'm consistent about it. I don't I don't preach like, oh, did you see that story at Twitter today? But I have seen breaking news on Twitter. I've reported stories like, hey, David Bowie died of cancer. Like, the Internet and Twitter seems to find out a little bit faster than, say, the Internet and Yahoo or Google do. Or MSNBC. So I think you want to buy and hold stocks that you feel comfortable with owning for your lifetime. And if you don't, then maybe you don't want to buy and hold stocks. If I were to tell you, you know, pick 10 companies that, you know, you want to hold till the day you die, could you do it? You'd say no. And then you'd stop and think about it. You'd be like, Disney, Nike. And you could start to do it. And that doesn't mean that that list holds up. Because Lord knows, Under Armour with Steph Curry, with Jordan Spieth, with Cam Newton, can they become the next Nike? They're trying. Can they do it? it? Maybe not in my lifetime. Maybe in my, you know, maybe in your kid's lifetime. Maybe. Maybe late in my lifetime. But I'll feel pretty good owning both in this scenario. So you want to buy and hold stocks as if you could only punch the 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 ticket 20 times in your life. I want you to be serious about it. You don't have to own 20 till the day you die, but the first one you should think about is like, what's a great company? Invest your, because here's why. It's not because Disney's that great of a company. I'm sure if I were to look in the details, Disney's probably one of the most evil corporations on the planet. I'm sure if I were to look in the details, Nike's probably one of the most horrible companies on the planet. They probably employ, like, 
demons and deviants and, and devil worshippers, for all I know. That's a legend. But they were around when I was a little boy. I expect them to be around when I'm an old boy. I'm not much of a market timer. I go 10% correction. Woohoo! Things are on sale. And when there's a 20% correction, I go, woohoo! Things are really on sale. And I don't differentiate between the two. When things are at all time highs, I'm like, eh. I wish I had more money in the market. Um, another thing that I'll push you on, Rocky, i.e., I'm the, your corner man who pushes you back out there. Is you have any, if you have anyone who needs your income, get life insurance. And, you know, in the story of like my neighbors, I've got one neighbor who works for a city government and her partner stays at home. Now her partner does a lot of important things like takes the kids to soccer and such. So the person who has the income you need more life insurance on than the person who taxis around the kid, but should have life insurance on both because weird things happen and say the, say the partner who taxis around the kids, let's say she gets, you know, bitten by a mosquito that has a deadly virus and she just kicks over dead. Replacing that person that has a taxi, you know, driving the kids around, it takes time. Whether you fall in love again and find someone who's going to cart around the kids or whether you mourn for a year, but your kids still need to be carted around, taken to school, taken to soccer, taken to softball. That takes money and lift tickets or something. So you always ensure the person who has the income higher than the person who doesn't, but you always ensure both. So just because you have a stay-at-home spouse does not mean that that they don't contribute to the family in income important kind of way. So buy life insurance if you have anyone that needs your income and or your lifestyle. Stay-at-home moms and dads, that's a job. It may not be getting you a W-2. It may not get you a tax deduction, but it's a job. I think one of the most important things you need to have is disability insurance for, again, both spouses, especially if you have kids. Um... There's a character on Howard Stern show called Crackhead Bob who, some point 20 years ago, he took crack. And he was never able to talk again the same way. Titi Dao Mang. He died to duck Titi Dao Mang. So you're not going to get the same job. You're not going to get the same income. Disabled for life. He recently passed away. So, of course, you're not going to get life insurance at a good rate once you have a crack episode. But the disability insurance is just as important because he worked, he needed that income for 20 years after the disability before he died. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. You can find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com.
Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Just summing up a couple things, you know, I'm, I'm trying to throw out some tips that, as your coach, as someone in your corner is trying to throw at you, disability insurance is critically important. Um, I fear rainy days because I fear drivers on rainy days. I don't fear rainy days. I love puddles. I love driving in the rain. But I fear other people driving in rain. Hitting me. And me losing my ability to earn income. It's less important today because I've built a big nest egg. But it was more important when I was younger. So something that you don't think of, disability insurance, is pretty important. Life insurance isn't about me. When I was single and I had a cat... Who the hell cares if I die? I had a mortgage. I had a car payment. If I died, no one cares. Mortgage company gets screwed, but my house gets taken away. Who cares? But when you have a spouse who needs your income to pay the bills, and then when you have children who need your income to kind of like feed the bellies, that's when you get life insurance. I want people to stop trading stocks. One of my best friends is a guy who just can't help himself. Another one of my best friends is a guy, when he goes to like Reno or any place like that, he can't help himself. He wants to make a little extra money on the tables. And I'm like, oh, thank God I don't have any friends who like to play the lottery because I can't control my mouth. People who play the lottery are, are, are stupid. They're dumb. They're slow. They're financially whack. And you can look at statistics and, and go, you have a better chance of winning the president of the United States than, yeah, I get it. That's a BS statistic because you actually don't have a better chance of winning to be the president of the United States. But technically you do, but you're not running, so there's no chance. But anyway, um, I love tax-deferred vehicles, tax-preferred Tax deferred, tax preferred, tax deferred. Same thing in my head. I love the 401k. I love the 403b. I love IRAs. I love diversification. If I only owned Apple, I'd be having a bad day. And I I hope you would, like, take me out for a drink. Maybe invite me over for corn chips on your couch. I hope that you would distract me. I know you're saying, did he just invite, did he just say invite me over for corn chips on my couch? Yes, because that's a sign of living in my mind. Um, Avoid high interest credit card debt. I don't get it. Um, I once was deeply, deeply in love with my college girlfriend. And it looked like we were going down the road of dun, 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 dun. And one of her best friends just went bankrupt from credit card debt. This was a couple of years after college. And I'm like, really? I thought people who did crack 
went bankrupt off credit cards. I thought people who lost their jobs went bankrupt after credit card debt. Not highly motivated young people who can get a job. But high interest credit card debt will get you. It'll get you. The first illegal drink I ever ordered, i.e. I was underage in a state. Oh, listen to how screwed I was. I lived in Washington, or I lived near Washington, D.C. In Washington, D.C., they had different drinking ages than Virginia or Maryland, and they all three kind of connect. And the age for being a minor, or not a minor, the age for drinking was October 1. And I was born on October 8th. And they grandfathered out at that age. So most of my friends who were 18 on October 1 or before were able to go into the District of Columbia to buy alcohol, go to bars, what have you. I missed it by seven days. Like in hindsight, I would have asked my mom to push me out a little faster. Okay, I might have been a preemie. Okay, I might have been a pound and a half. I might have been a peanut with eyeballs, right? Where does this story go? I don't even know. I was at credit card debt. Let's see if we can figure this one out. Is that credit card debt? Hmm, avoid high interest credit card, my friend. Yeah, okay, I lost that train of thought. Woo, woo, that train has rolled without me. Don't you love it? The other day on Jeopardy, and, you know, you're having a little dinner, maybe a potato, flipping channels. All three contestants on Jeopardy bet the whole thing and lost. So there was no winner that day. Zero, zero, zero. Someone forgot to go down to the $1. Someone forgot they were in the lead. Um, so avoid high interest credit card debt. I think that's critically important. You're a loser if you carry it. Or you're doing something wrong. And I'm not saying you're a loser. Uh, because you're not. I, I actually like you and I want you to succeed. But something's not going well in your life if you're buying groceries on a credit card debt at 12 to 21%. Another rule that, you know, I'll yell at you. If you're Rocky Balboa and you're going against Apollo Creed or Drago. Drago. There was a movie that reflected the times, right? Same as Top Gun. Where you had that USA versus Russia mentality. So if I was Mickey, I'd, I'd go, Rocky, go in there! And again, you can't make financial planning sexy and, Hit him! Get back up! But you can say things like, Remember that the deductibility of mortgage interest rate, interest, is a tax benefit. And a tax benefit that you don't want to prepay early. A lot of people want to prepay their mortgage early. I'd be like, Rocky, don't prepay your mortgage early! But a lot of people want to prepay their mortgage early because they're financially stupid or they're getting financially bad advice. And this goes back to talking to my neighbors and friends. I don't mind talking to a client and like saying, you're doing everything wrong. I, I don't know you well enough and you're actually asking for that opinion. But when a neighbor asks me for that opinion, they don't know that they're actually asking for that opinion. It stinks to tell people, like, why did you pay off your mortgage early? Now you have a big tax liability. 
and you have nothing saved, and your money would double every 7.2 years, which is the first thing I go back to, you've now hurt yourself on that because mortgages, real estate doesn't double every 7.2 years. So don't pay off your mortgage early. It's one of my tips. It's one of my hints. It's one of my secrets. Women live longer than men. And, you know, I was talking about my dad recently. My dad died 20, well over 20 years ago. And my dad was a military guy, and he was a jerk. He was an alcoholic. Not the type of alcoholic that would, like, be fall over drunk. He was the type of alcoholic that would just say mean things. You'd get a, you know, a, a 94 on your spelling, and he'd be like, you missed two. He wouldn't celebrate that you got 23 right. He'd be like, you missed two. And I was talking about my dad, and um, the conversation came up of, like, someone kind of wanted to box him in. It was like, he was, you know, he was very institutional. Um, but my dad was also really good with women. When his sister was in an orphanage, he used to steal fruit and take them to her. When my mom was from Mobile, Alabama, he he took her around the world and showed her the world, which was pretty amazing. Um, good father. Kick, kicked out six kids. I don't know if I was his, because I'm the one that doesn't look like any of my brothers or sisters, but I kind of assume that I am. But going back in hindsight, like you could put him in a box and say mean, institutional kind of guy. Or you could say that he was really good with women. He promoted a secretary early in his career all the way to his second-hand man. Um, he had a career when he passed away, and I gave his eulogy that people came up to me and was like, yeah, the first day of work, you know, your dad showed me around work, and he showed me everything. And he checked in with me on day two, day three, day four, day five, day six. See if I ever need Like, so my dad was very good with other people. Not good with his family, but good with other people. And I think he can, you know, get that. So my dad's love of helping people, especially women, whether it be his sister who was in an orphanage, whether and he was too, whether it be my mother who he showed the world to, whether it be my sister who, you know, he literally would have bled for her in any way possible. Women live longer than men, and we need as men to make sure if we marry younger Women, we need to get them long-term care insurance. Women on average live about five years longer than men, and they don't have people to take care of them when they get cancer, like men do. They need more money to live longer, but they also need you know, someone to look after them to help with uh, day-to-day needs. 800-516-1220. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com.
You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Had an interesting conversation recently. And this could be any week of the year, any month of the year, any year of a decade. I work in financial media. I work in radio and television. And because of that, I kind of like see how media works differently than maybe you do. Um, Sometimes you turn on TV and you're like, ooh, that's news. There was a recent attack in Nigeria where 86 people were killed. Most of them children were burned alive. The incident happened in Delori in a northeastern uh, village outside of, in Nigeria. And it was tied towards Boko Haram, and you've probably heard of Boko Haram. But the following Monday, news didn't pick up that story. They didn't run with it. And then you go, let's go back to Paris. Let's go back to San Bernardino. And news sensationalize, not sensationalize it. They run with the story 24-7-365. Fewer people died. If you look at Nigeria on a yearly basis, how many people get killed because of Boko Haram? Like it, it's, it's stunning. It's sad. It's it's, and then like burning alive. How many kids get kidnapped? Basically put into prostitution. Media ignores the story, and that's kind of the twist that I want to make that that jump here. And maybe you could help me with this. Maybe you can help me. I don't know. Why does media ignore the story? Is it because they're black in Nigeria? Is it because of the color of their skin? Is it because the the level of poverty is higher? Or they can't possibly buy Nike, so we we don't care? Whereas Parisians, je suis Charlie, like we are we are with you, Paris. A very similar terrorist attack hits Africa, and we're like, we don't care. Media wise. Okay, now you're saying, where does this go? I do truly want to know at some point in time, and I think I know. It's, it's, I, th- I think it's because the story is because they're poor Africans. And they don't materially touch my life. as much like, I once took a girlfriend to Paris for a week, and we were strolled down the river, and we went to a restaurant where there was a dog sitting next to us, and I, I made love, sweet love to her. And we did things that were just, Crazy, sexy. It, but, and that's why we care about Paris, and that's why we don't care about Nigeria. What? Because Rob Black had a passionate week in Paris. I think that's it. <laughs> Honestly, to be quite fair with you. Um. With that being said, same thing happens in financial media. I know you're saying you're going a long way to make your point about this. If you could ignore financial media, it would do you – financial media does not represent your retirement. It does not represent savings. It does not represent um, your golden years. 
financial media represents, what's the story that's going to get most people riled up? You know, is it Janet Yellen? Is Janet Yellen doing a good job or bad job? Is it T-Bone Pickens, who's an oil man? And he, he'll go, oil's hard to bottom. I think we'll be at $100 a barrel by the end of the week. Uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm not ready to say that we're at a bottom, but we're at a bottom and oil's going to triple next week. T-Bone Pickens makes good TV. He wears a cowboy hat. So financial media, Jim Cramer, buy, 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 sell, sell, sell. And I love Cramer on a lot of levels, but I get and I separate, you know, don't take this stuff personally. And, you know, his last 10 years, I don't want to say he, he went from the church of what's working now to I'm hurting people and I better give, you know, more stable advice. And there, you know, to be a hedge fund guy, you have to be the church of what's working now. And he's a former hedge fund guy. So you really, really have to check yourself before you wreck yourself when it comes to financial media. And again, I'm not... I don't want to push this till death, but financial media is not a good thing for you. Um, I met some people that I've known for 20 years that I've helped invest. We talked pizza. Where's the best pizza in the Bay Area? And there's an argument to be made that, like, deep dish pizza is better than thin pizza. And he's like, oh, no, it's all about thin. I'm like, oh, okay. So we're not going to even be on the same page in this uh, argument because we can't even start the argument right. But what was fantastic was we didn't talk about money and investing. Even though I've helped him for 20 years, it was, like, the last thing that he was focused on. Do you know how refreshing that is? He doesn't pay attention to financial media. He's not freaked out by financial media. Just throwing that out there for you. So, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we could talk about. We talk Super Bowls. We could talk World Series. I don't get how the average family affords that kind of stuff in this day and age, but they do. Um, I'm always, like, stunned by that. Um, I want you to look at investing as an ecosystem and there's some parts that you need to turn off I've got friends who raise their kids with no TV no TV in the house as an investor you'd be wise to have no TV in your house they have, they have the internet but no TV I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money investing more find me online at robblack.com Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.